In today's show, it's time to look at the first round for fantasy basketball drafts, points leagues, category leagues, head-to-head, and roto leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So it's the first round. This video, actually we'll get to this in a sec. Information on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, the 360-team league that I'm going to be running, it will come out later this week, starting in the show that I do on the Atlanta Hawks Fantasy Preview, where we go through ADPs and rankings and fantasy information for the Hawks. That's where the first lot of information for that will come out. Mock Draft coming out today as well. I'll be tweeting information about that. You can go check that out to join it at Roto Mock Draft. Um, but this, this show here... We're recording this, or I'm recording this on the 12th of September, and this is sort of where my thoughts sit. Now, I'm going to do it for points, I'm going to do it for Roto, and I'm going to have more of an explanation for head-to-head category leagues towards the end. I think people, I'm doing this video because people want it, and we love looking at the big names, and we love looking at the first round guys, but people do really hyper-focus on the first round, when in general, these guys are all really good. Unless you're making a terrible, egregious error, they're really good. So, oh, do I do Durant or Embiid? Like, okay, either one, I think you're going to be okay. For my, you know, oh, who's going to get hurt more? No idea. Literally nobody knows, right? Yes, you pick Jokic at one, and there's other ways to look at things. But in general, that first pick, if you're following into a certain area, like one or two spots difference, it doesn't make that much of a difference. And we do hyper-focus on it, as I say, and do a whole show based on the first round. But we do hyper-focus on the first round. And yeah, by hyper, I mean a little bit too much about what we're doing in that first round. That's not where things are won and lost unless a catastrophic injury hit, hits and you've got no way of knowing that or predicting that. So in saying all that, I hope you stick around and watch the rest of the show as we talk about what I would do in the first round as we sit here September 9th, a couple of weeks away from training camps and about 38 days away from the start of the NBA season where lots of stuff can change. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing this based on current ADPs or anything like that because it's based on what I think and that will differ from ADPs. So in saying that, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's look at Yahoo points first. The top three picks... Again, I don't really think there's too much of an argument here. Jokic should go at one. He will go at one. Don't be surprised if he finishes at two. They do have Murray back. They do have Porter back. Jokic saw gigantic leaps forward in so many categories last season. It might just be a little... It might be tight. But you take Jokic one. That's it. You just take him. 
Um, and if he finishes two, you know what? It definitely hasn't cost you the, the season, it, and it doesn't actually matter. So Jokic goes at one. I think that the big fella, Giannis, should go at two. Giannis and two. Really good points league guy. You don't have to worry about his free throw percentage or lack of threes, really. He's going to be great. He might push for number one. Pretty easy. And then number three, I think, has to be Luka Doncic. I think he's going to put up... He got average 30, 10, and 10 this season. That, that's realistic for him. And again, some of the worries with the shooting numbers aren't really a concern. He looks in great shape. He's killing it in Eurobasket. Um, hard to find an argument against those top three. Giannis and Luka missed quite a bit of time last season with uh, knee injuries for Giannis and ankle for, for um, Doncic. They missed like 15 games each, maybe. Something along those lines. Don't be surprised if it's 10 plus again for them, especially Giannis, who has an ongoing recurring knee injury that requires maintenance. That's somewhat of an issue. And that's what probably puts Jokic ahead of him, even if Jokic, even if Giannis finishes ahead of Jokic by like one point per game. Jokic doesn't have that ongoing... Now, Jokic could get hurt, of course, knock on wood. We hope he doesn't. But Giannis has that issue where that has to be maintained and has to be managed heading into the season. So there's, there's your top three. In my mind, your next three. Well, this is part of, part of why, and it's mainly more for categories, but for points leagues as well. If I don't get one of the top two picks or top three picks, I don't want to pick in the next range. I don't want to pick in the four to ten area. I just don't like it. It's so iffy, and I'll talk about this more for category leagues as well. I just it's rough, and these next three guys. Arguments can be made really easily against all three of these players. Really, really easily. At number four, I've got Joel Embiid. At number five, I've got Jim Harden. Number six, I've got LeBron James. Embiid, we know he was great last season. I do think there'll be a little bit of a step back from him in usage. He played through, he played a lot of games last season, almost got to that 70. I think he played 68 and there was a couple of bullshit rests in there down the stretch, but he almost hit 70. Is there a guarantee of that? No. Like he could, He's randomly broken his face, I think, three times over the course of his career. So random stuff happens that's not related to the back or foot issue or knee issue that is the, are the troubling injuries. That's what the problem is with Embiid, is that you get these other in, annoying injuries that cost him time that are completely nothing to do with being injury-prone or his fault. I've got him at four. I've got Harden at five. I am pretty big on Harden this season, as you're probably aware. Um... I just think some of the shooting numbers for him last season were a large portion of that was the early crackdown on foul drawing, which they didn't then you know, let go at the end of the season. And Harden was slow to adjust. And he was putting up some terrible shots and his field goal percentage dropped way off. Harden was ninth on a per-game basis in fantasy points last season. I do expect him to um, jump up from there and, and be able to put up better numbers this year, um, I also think I have an element of confidence in his injury. I think the hamstring's fine. He looks in good shape. I'm not as worried about you know persistent rest or persistent sitting with Harden. Number six is LeBron, who we know was great. He was the fifth-ranked player last season. He averaged 53 fantasy points. I do think he drops a little bit back from there. I also don't think he's going to be as limited in terms of games played that he was last season. He also played 37 minutes a night, which I just don't think is realistic for LeBron to continue. But him at six, again, easily an argument not to have him there. You could have him at 10. I think he's a much better points league guy than category league guy, even though last season he did finish higher in category leagues versus points leagues. 
But you know, that this is where I mean. Like, I don't feel I feel like okay K about Embiid at four. I don't feel great about Harden at five. I don't feel great about LeBron at six. But the other guys who'd be in the mix there, you'll see in a minute, who have got seven, eight, nine. I don't feel great about them either at that spot. It's a it's a rough sort of position in the draft, and and I I don't like it. But I do like Bet Online. It's your number one spot for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. As you're well aware, the Miami Dolphins are 1-0. My USC Trojans are 2-0. So we're rolling to start this football season. And you could be rolling as well, finding out all of the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including all of opening week games for the NFL. In fact, we've got a Monday night game tomorrow, the Broncos. Let's ride against the Seahawks. Broncos, six and a half point favorites. The total is 44. And you want to check out all of that info, you can check it out all over at BetOnline. It's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it's the fastest way to check in on all of those sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Is Kevin Durant the best player in the NBA? LeBron? Steph? Giannis? Jokic? Who is the most valuable NBA player this season? Locked on and Bet Online present the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting on September the 19th. Find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts and on the old YouTube. All right. So, seven, eight, and nine. At seven, I've got Kevin Durant. Durant has had just numerous injuries ankle, knee, Achilles. And it seems to cost him a lot of time. He's obviously great when he's on the court. And I could make the argument to have him at six ahead of LeBron. They're really, really close. I could make the argument to have him ahead of Harden at five. They're really, really close. He's not quite as good in a points league, Durant, versus where he is in a category league. He was sixth last season in a points league. No problem having him higher than this. Number eight, I've got Jason Tatum. Now, Tatum was 13th last season. So it is a little bit of a leap up. I've got him jumping above some other guys. He's going to average slightly more fantasy points, I think, than what he did last season. But I just think some of the guys that were ahead of him are probably going to drop down a little bit, which helps some of his value. So, you know, guys like DeJounte Murray, who were ahead of him, I don't expect him to maintain that level of production that he did last season. So that will drop um, him down. Also, Tatum has been a guy that's shown a little bit of, um, like he's been pretty good in terms of staying healthy and the Celtics probably aren't going to be just continually resting. He doesn't have an ongoing injury problem entering the season. So I've bumped him up a little bit because of that fact. Number nine is Ja Morant, who, if we're just going to look at it strictly on per-game value, I'd probably have him ahead of Tatum and close to ahead of Durant. But the way that he plays, there's a real risk in drafting him here. Like, I've got guys that, on a per-game basis, in the first round, in points that I don't feel great about. One of them is Ja, one of them is Zion, Anthony Davis. I, I don't. How good do I feel about those guys playing enough to return first-round value? Not not good, not good at all. I don't, I don't feel good about that. But, yeah, weighing up the risks of missed games and hopefully we get a little bit more stability in his injury. Yeah, I think Jar at nine is okay, but the guy at 10, the guy at 11, make the argument. It's not hard to do. Like, if you're not confident in Jar, and I get why you wouldn't be, I'm not particularly confident in it. Yeah, I would go with one of these other guys. Who we have at 10, LaMelo Ball. 11, Trey Young, who I think drops off a little bit with the arrival of DeJounte Murray. And 12, Devin Booker. Trey Young was 10th last season in a points league per game. So I've dropped him back a little bit. 
he gets a bit of a bump because of his ability or the fact that he doesn't have a history of lower body injuries, which is always a worry to me. And Booker, Booker's an interesting one. We do think that he can stay relatively healthy. He averaged 42 last season. I think he can get to 44 this year. I think you know, less and less reliance on Chris Paul. Kevin Durant's not arriving in Phoenix. But there are other guys that you could take ahead of him who you, know, you would feel maybe more confident with. Like I do expect someone like Zion Williamson to be a better option than Devin Booker on a per-game basis this season. Same as Anthony Davis. But I'm not going to pick them there. If you want to go balls to the wall, you could pick Zion at 12. It would be crazy. But you could. You could also look at maybe... You know, see, a lot of the guys who were constants around this area, like Steph's not the best points league guy. Steph averaged was 17th in per-game points value last season. Towns was 12th. And I think they're going to take a step back this season. So I wouldn't. So you see, Carlton Towns is not in the top twelve here, because I do think that they take a step back and they weren't in that area last season anyway. So it is a little bit controversial, I guess, to have those guys missing from this group. Um, Lillard's not the best points league guy either. He was 29th last season. We know it was a down year, but in the past he's been like a 13, 14, 15 ranked player in points leagues. So while in general and categories, I do like picking towards the back end of the first round. It's not as strong in a points league, but you can get yourself maybe Jar falls to 12 and you take him there. You got Lamella, you got Trey, you got Devin Booker. You do have Towns and Steph who you can grab around that area. I think that's fair. Or if they go earlier, it pushes these better options like Tatum, Morant, Lamello down into the back end of the first round, which I think is going to end up being... Um, Pretty good value because you've got Steph going or ADP on Yahoo for Steph is at six and then you've got you know Towns at eight. So those guys are going to push ahead of some of these other players. So that, that does strengthen the back end of the first round. But I, I'm not sure that... I know that Steph wasn't a first round player last season. Don't think he's going to be this year. And I'm not sure about Towns. I don't have him in that first round group. Again, no argument though. If you wanted to have him ahead of Booker or you're going to just completely cross out Morant as an option because of some of the injuries. This has been a long segment. I didn't realize this show was going to be so long, but that's fine. I'm going to put timestamps in the YouTube um, so you can skip to where you want to go. The next bunch of guys, again, I think they're all relatively close. We've got Lillard at... Oh, so Siakam, 13. Lillard, 14. Zion, 15. Anthony Davis, 16. Both those guys with top 10 upside per game. Davis and Zion, that is. Towns at 17. Tyrese, 18. Sabonis, 19. And Irving, Kyrie Irving, 20. I don't have Steph in that top 20. Again, he was 17th last season. On a per-game basis, I think they're going to be judicious in resting him. They're going to have more Clay playing, and Clay really took a lot of usage away from Steph. I'm just, in a points league, I'm just not that interested in taking Steph Curry. I think that's what I'm trying to in, uh, illustrate here. I'm just not that interested in drafting Steph, particularly high in a points league. Oh, you could easily make an argument that he goes ahead of Tyrese, no problem. And I'm sure you will. But looking at my projections and the worry I have with some resting for Steph, I'm dropping him down somewhat. That's where we sit. Let's look at rotisserie. This is for eight cat rotor. I don't believe right nine cat rotor should be a format at all. There's absolutely no need for it. You don't need a ninth category to tie break things. I think in nine nine cat rotor things would change somewhat. I just don't like the category. And I'm not gonna I, I can't bloat this out and go look and do eight cat rotor and nine cat rotor. So I'm choosing eight cat rotor to as well. And I'm doing the mock draft on that tomorrow as well. So here is my top twelve for an eight cat roto situation at number one. No shock, it is Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. At number two, it's Durant. Number three, it's Embiid. 
That's basically how the top three panned out last season. Also want to remind everyone that you might see some of these rankings and you look at ADP or you look at Yahoo's pre-rank and you go, well, these are wild, Josh. You you're lost your mind. How often does the Yahoo pre-rank equal the order that play, players finish in? Never. There's always going to be surprises, surprise dropouts, surprise jump-ups. Brad Beal was going first round last season, finished like 50th. Lillard was going there, finished 29th per game. Yeah, Davis was like 18th per game. Shit happens. Things change. So I'm not trying to do things to be controversial. Just trying to put things out there. Go, well, this is how I've projected them out. It's how it sort of come out. Trying to weigh numerous factors involved in it. And we'll see. Top three, Jokic, Durant, Embiid. With Roto, we don't want gigantic negatives in categories. We want to be a little... You don't have to be completely balanced across the board because even if there are some negatives, you can recover those with other players. But you don't want massive negatives. You don't want big minus twos or minus 1.8s in standard score value for a particular category. It becomes really hard or minus 2.6s. It becomes quite hard to deal with that. And there's always tipping points as to where the value crosses over when you can go for that. So the next three picks in an ACAT Roto League, I have Harden, I have Tatum, I have Trey Young. You'll notice that Giannis and Doncic both aren't there because the risks, especially with Giannis, but the risks of his bad free throws being really hard to recover from in an eight-cat roto, it does make it pretty tough. These other guys are a lot more balanced. While Harden and Trey do have lower field goal percentage, it's not as bad as the impact that Giannis has in free throws or even Doncic has in free throws. Now, Doncic could easily improve to a 77% free throw guy. I'm just not ready to trust it. And yeah, looking at this, I could make quite easily make the argument that Doncic should be picked at four or five. But there's a lot of risk. He could have bad both percentage categories. And then you're really in trouble. So Jokic, Durant, Embiid, Harden, Tatum, Young. But again, after the first couple, probably the first two in this situation, it's iffy. It's all over the place. It's hard to feel confident with it. So the next group, seven, Giannis. I know I just said it's hard to get back from that um, free throw percentage, but at some point, the overall value of everything else trumps it. Same with Doncic at eight. We take it, we hope that it's better, and we maybe even soft punt it in a roto, or we try and help it out somewhere else. But the value, you're not just not drafting those guys. And that's part of the problem of being in this area of the draft, is that like they're so much better than the next group of guys coming, but there are significant deficiencies to deal with. And then at number nine, I do have LaMelo Ball, who does have, at times, field goal percentage issues. I worry a little bit about the decreased pace from Steve Clifford. But LaMelo, I think, is going to be good, and he's going to return value in the 8 to 14 range, which, again, you can't nail all these right on. This guy, I picked 8th. He will finish 8th. As long as I don't finish 50th or 30th, Beal or Davis or Lillard style, then you're okay. They finish in that top 15 to 16, and you picked them in the top... 10, or you picked him, you know, 5 to 10. It's, it's, okay. it's not that bad. It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. It's recoverable from. And the rest of my first round in an 8-cat roto. Towns at 10. Better suited roto game. Nice and balanced. Doesn't really hurt you anywhere. The, the game's played issue for Steph, who I've got at 11, isn't as much of a problem in, in roto. We can deal with that because it's games cap usually. And at 12, I've got Tyrese Halliburton. 
So I've got Towns at 10, Steph at 11, Halliburton at 12. So there's your first round in an eight-cat roto. Um, who did I have in that? So first round, Jokic, Durant, Embiid, Harden, Tatum, Young, Giannis, Doncic, Lamelo, Towns, Curry, and Halliburton. That's your um, that's your first round. And then following on from that, we've got Kyrie at 13, Lillard 14, LeBron 15, Booker 16, Kawhi at 17. Kawhi's had top 10 finishes in totals, values, um, even when missing 20 games. I think he's going to miss uh, probably 20 games, but mid-second round is fine. Paul George at 18. Cade Cunningham at 19. Again, it seems crazy. He was like 51st or something last season. But we'll just look at what happened in 21-22, where LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton both jumped up and became top 20 players as second-year guys. Big moves happen. Am I planting my flag on Cade definitely doing it? And of course, I'm not. I just look at what he did, the improvements that he made, how his fantasy game looks. And I think, well, this is a guy who I, I think can push to be a top 20, top 25 player. I don't really have too many concerns with injuries, relatively balanced across the board as well, which helps in Roto. Do you have to pick him at 19? Probably not. But I think that's sort of about the right spot. And I've got Chris Paul at 20. Again, if he does miss some time, the games cap format does help in this situation. And... Yeah, you can make up some of the ground there. So that takes us to head-to-head nine category leagues, standard leagues. Most common, popular format. <sighs> Not sure. Hmm. Number one's Jokic. All right, that's 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 easy. I know about that one. That's easy. Number two is Giannis. I also feel really good about that in a category league. Yes, his free throw is bad. Don't give a shit. Punt it. It's done. You forget that category. And if he becomes good at it, oh well, fantastic. I can get his threes later on. Giannis at two, Jokic at one. Happy with those. And then is where the trouble comes. At the moment, I have Harden at three. Now, again, going by ADP, he's nowhere near that. People are not anywhere near as believing in James Harden as I am. James Harden was fifth last year, by the way, on a per-game basis. Um, his ADP is, well, actually, it's up to five on Yahoo. Interesting. He's ranked only eighth there. He was 12th. He's coming in. ESPN's actually got, oh, I'm looking at the wrong bloke. Sorry. My bad. He's ranked 10th on Yahoo. He's 11th ADP. He's 12th on ESPN. Yeah, you get him at the end of the first round, it's a steal. But I feel like my level of confidence in him is pretty high. It's pretty high. I don't feel, again, I'm not locked in on this. But I'd be okay with going this high with him. And I know there's going to be so many people in the comments, no way I'm taking Harden. Definitely end of the first round. He's lost it. He's washed. I actually don't think that's true. I think he's dropped off from 36 point per game average in Houston Harden. I think he's going to be pretty good. And I know that he's done it for years and years and years where he's been this good. I'm okay. Number four, I've got Durant. Again, just not sure about injuries. Not, he played so many minutes down the stretch last season, but with a full and healthy Kyrie and a allegedly full and healthy Simmons, can they ease back on that? Durant at three is absolutely fine. So is the guy I've got at five, Joel Embiid. Take him at three if you want. The Harden, Durant, Embiid group, I've got no problem with any of those going at three. In fact, I've got Luka Doncic at six. If you want to take him at three, I'm probably not as into it. But a 30-10-10 season with 1.4 steals, 1.3 steals maybe, over two threes a game, and if the percentages get fixed, then it's clearly there. 
That's what I mean. Like the top two I'm okay with, but the next group, who do I pick at three? I could pick Harden one day, Durant one day, Embiid one day, Doncic one day, really easily. Really easily. I think that you've got those two at the top settled, I think. The next four can go in any order, really. I don't think there's... I wouldn't make an argument vociferously against you for having any of those next four in any order. And if you wanted to even drop someone down a little bit, no problem. Again, this is a weird, weird area. Looking at my next three coming up, people are going to have problems with this next three as well. Mainly because someone's missing out of it. Got Trey at seven. I'm not super confident with Trey. Two years ago, when Bogdanovich and Gallinari joined the Hawks, he was 21st. He, he struggled, his scoring dropped off, but his shooting was abysmal. Last season, he picked his shooting back up, even though those players were still on the team, and he was great. Now he's got to deal with the arrival of DeJounte Murray, which does hurt him. It's going to drop some of his usage down, maybe some assists. But my hope, my hope with Trey is that he's good enough, and he is, that he can maintain some of that shooting efficiency, which was there last season, but wasn't the year before. So I've got him at seven. I've got Lamelo Ball at eight. Again, I think that's probably fair. And I've got Lillard at nine. You can get Lillard in the second round in drafts, which is crazy to me. Um, ESPN's got him ranked at 32, which is insanity. His ADP is 33 there. Yahoo's got him at 16 with an ADP of 16. And Fantrax has a 23 ADP on Lillard. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, none at all. I think he's totally healthy. People are just, people have a really short-term memory. Lillard was hurt last season and was bad. Therefore, he is bad again. Do you have to take the risk on him at nine? You probably don't. You can probably wait and get him with your second pick, to be honest. But if I'm just looking at how am I valuing these players, which is exactly what I'm doing here, I think he's probably in this mix, in this nine to 12 range. I would clearly have him behind Trey and behind Lamelo, but in the nine to 12 range. The other guy who, well, there's a couple of guys here you're going to say should be in this mix ahead of them. But again, in a head-to-head league, I'm looking more for strengths. In Roto, I'm looking for a little bit more balance and your big deficiencies really hurt. In a head-to-head league, I'm looking for strengths. If someone's got a really bad category, it's not that much of a big deal. You can deal with it. You punt it, you forget about it, you build around strengths. So some of the guys who are a little bit more balanced, they fall somewhat. Some of the guys with some replaceable numbers can fall a little bit. So I've got Jason Tatum at 10. Now, I know there are people who will take Jason Tatum really high. That, that's fine. He was 14th per game last season. And yes, he was remarkably healthy. He doesn't come into the season with any injury, although he did have wrist, he had a broken wrist or something in the offseason. I think that's no problem, though. But there is no guarantee he stays healthy, as there isn't with anybody. He just doesn't have that risk of a, of a problem already there. Where's the super big strength for him? His scoring's really good. Yes, we know that. That's probably his big strength. But he's just sort of average, lower steals, lower blocks, lower rebounds across the board. And there is a risk with Brogdon arriving that maybe some ball handling or assist opportunities drop a little bit for Tatum. He's a first rounder and you'd, you'd probably just take him ahead of Lillard in most cases because you can get, you know, got Tatum at 10 or 9 you can get Lillard in the second round, which is be good. But with the way I'm valuing him, no. I've got Steph at 11. That's going to be controversial, I think. Steph was ninth per game last season. 
He had battled a toe injury. He's had ankle problems and knee problems and broken wrists. He's had a lot of injuries. He's 34 years of age. They just played well into June. They won a title. Clay's there for the whole season. DiVincenzo and Moody and Poole are all there to help. And they want to win it again. So he already sat some back-to-backs last season. I don't know if he'll sit all of them, but but he'll sit some of them. And they've got league highest 55. Oh, shit. League high 15 back-to-backs. So that drops him a little bit down for me. No argument if you want to take him higher. ADP's at six. Probably wouldn't. But if you want to take him ahead of Trey or Lillard or Tatum, no worries. This is what I mean again when picking at the end. Of, like, you have to make that. If you're at seven, you've got to make that decision, which is hard. You sit at 11 and you get one of Trey, Lamello, Lillard, Tatum, Steph falling to you. That's great, isn't it? And then you get an early second round pick. That's why it's really good, I think, to be at the back end of the first round this year. Number 12, I've got Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he was 20, top 24 last season, despite playing 67% of the year for Sacramento. Maybe the Pacers tank. They're not really a super tanking team, though. They were tanking last year. He played 36 minutes a night. I think he's going to bump the usage somewhat. He's going to get good assists. The worry we have is that if the usage bumps, does efficiency drop and do steal numbers drop? That, that is possible, and it's happened a lot of times over the course of history. I think he's relatively okay around 12. But if there are other players you want to take there, no worries. I think he's a perfect turn guy for a nine-cat head-to-head league. Although you do have to watch the scoring. Now, the next thing I'm going to do is we're going to talk about pairing. People always ask for this. And if I reckon that um, first round picks get over or the focus on them is too much, pairing first and second round gets completely blown out of proportion. Completely. You focus on it way too much. It's just not as important as the amount of energy you devote to it. I'm going to go through and give you ideas here, but it's basically based on, basically based, based on how I sort of rank these guys and if the league pushed out to like 16 teams or 14 team leagues, where I would pick them. Except what I want to do with pairing first and second round is I just want to avoid a shit pairing. It doesn't have to be the perfect pairing. I just want to avoid a terrible pairing. Two guys that are going to miss tons of game, probably not. One guy with good free throws and another guy that completely destroys them? Probably not. Like, I want to avoid bad pairings. You can make so many pairings work. It's really easy. And there's no, this is absolutely ideal because if there was ideal pairings, right, it would mean that all of our projections were spot on, 100% on the nose, which they are not. Mine are not. Nobody's are. Nobody's rankings are spot on. Nobody's things are spot on. Part of why I have an issue sometimes when people are talking about best player available as well is that that's all really subjective too, isn't it? Who's the best player available? I don't know. It can change a lot. So in general with pairing, just avoid doing something wrong. You've got way more right answers than you have wrong answers when we're talking about first, second round pairing. And I hope that makes sense. Just avoid the wrong move. So, Let's pair guys up. 12-team league, 9-cat head-to-head. Halliburton went at 12. Towns fell. I'll take him at 13. Now, why do I think Towns is going to fall? Well, over the last 30 or 40 games of last season, he was the 15th-ranked player per game. And with the addition of Gobert, I think it drops his blocks. I think it drops his rebounds. I think it drops his field goal percentage. The ascension of Anthony Edwards 
probably drops his usage a little bit too. So those three to four factors don't feel great to me. Four, I think it was four or five. You know, a drop-off end of last season, a blocks, field goals, rebounds drop. Maybe he hits more threes, but shooting more from three actually drops field goal percentage more. And I'm not sure that's enough to push him back to being a... I love Cat as a first-round guy, but I think there's some overrating going on with him. He was eighth per game last season. As I said, that dropped to 15th over the final 30 games. So I've got him, but I'll take him here. Pair him up with Halliburton, and you're pretty balanced. You can sort of go in whichever direction you want. Fair enough. What do you think of that pairing? We had Steph at 11. At 4.10, I'm going to take LeBron. I'm going to punt blocks with that group. LeBron did get some good blocks last season because he played 37 minutes a night and played a massive chunk of his minutes at center. And with an allegedly healthy Anthony Davis, the addition of Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones, I imagine LeBron at center lineups are going to be very few and far between. I think the Lakers team can be a little bit more competitive than last season, which means that LeBron, I think, will play through a few more of the ankle problems, unless they're really serious. But there is... There is a there is a games played risk with this combo for sure, an absolute games risk a games played risk. I think I think LeBron probably does play more than Steph, but it, there is a risk. I'm not not denying that. But it's a nice pump blocks combination. At ten we had Tatum. At fifteen, I'm gonna take Kyrie. Is that high for Kyrie? Probably. I heard of Ky- Kyrie's ADP on ESPN is fifty. His rank is 75. Now, let me just say this once and for all. His ADP at 50 is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Kyrie Irving on a per-game basis last season was 7th. And I know he only played 28 games, whatever it was. He will play more than that this season. He's going to miss games in Toronto because of vaccine mandates. I'm not worried about, oh, he's going to disappear and go to someone's birthday. I'm not worried about that. But stuff does happen to Kyrie. We know this. But part of the issue, again, with Kyrie in the past has been injuries, not just personal stuff. Someone said, oh, you, how come you don't mention contract year with Kyrie? Because contract years are bullshit. Last year was also a contract year for Kyrie. Did he show that he cared about the money? Hmm. I would suggest no. But this guy's easily a top 10 candidate per game. I just too many question marks to put him there. But I will take him at 15. It's again, if you pick 10, 11, 12... The guys you can get 13, 14, 15, I think are going to be pretty good. And, and if we push you know, someone like Lillard, who I don't think is going to go first round, he moves into that mix. So a Tatum-Irving pairing is probably a punt field goal grouping, which is a lot of these first round guys. A lot of these first round guys have some poor field goal percentage, including the next one. At nine, we had Damian Lillard. I'll take Paul George at 16. The punt field goals work. I'm not worried about Paul George, who missed 31 games last season due to a torn elbow ligament. I'm not worried about that flaring up. I think he will rest some games. I don't think he'll rest every back-to-back. I think he'll miss some of them. He's had some weird injuries. But I don't think it's anything where I go, well, he's just never going to play. The last couple of years have been rough, but I will happily take a flyer on Paul George, who I think will see the field goal percentage rise from where it was last season. His steals were great. He gets good assists. He will drop some usage for sure. But there's a weird spot middle of the second round after we pass that top 15. It gets a little bit weird. At eight, I had LaMelo Ball. At 17, I'm going to put Devin Booker with him. Good scoring numbers, solid assists from Booker. Probably a punt field goal group. Great free throws for both of them. Good three-point volume. 
Good, yeah, good assists, as I said. Probably not the greatest in rebounds. Not great in blocks either. So there's some other categories you need to work on. But put them together. At seven was Trey Young. At 18. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> You're punting blocks with this group. How confident am I in Kawhi? Oh, not really. I think he's going to miss a lot of time. I think he's going to miss 15 to 20 games. Um, but I also know that he can be the sixth best player per game. I don't know that he will because I think they'll be a bit cautious on usage and minutes and they've got a lot of bodies and that around there. But again, at this 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 is an iffy spot. It's again, it's, again, we talk about part of the reason why I don't like picking in that middle of the first round is that there's confusion in the middle of the first round and there's confusion in this part of the second round as well. And it makes it tough, but I'll pair Trey and Kawhi. Now, the next one is controversial. Um, but if you pick Luka Doncic at pick six, your free throws are probably in question. People won't like this, but I'll take Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Now, last season, without even punting free throws, Gobert was 27th. I think he's going to get good minutes in Minnesota. I think basically what he does is going to be there. I think the fit with Doncic is pretty good. Um, the, the, not the concern that I have. You, you probably don't need to draft him here. His ADP is 27 on Yahoo. It's 26 on ESPN. It's 26 on Fantrax. So he's like an early third-round guy. But I think the fit with Doncic is great. Now, when I did my mock draft a few weeks ago, I screwed up. I should have taken him in round three, and I didn't. All right, screwed up. Easy. Mistakes happen. But I've reassessed it, reassessed my projections on him. I th- again, it feels high. It feels like a reach. And it, you wouldn't put him with Trey. You won't put him probably with Jokic. That wouldn't make sense. I wouldn't put him with Harden. But I would with Luka. I wouldn't put him with Durant. But I would with Luka. So it's a little bit of best player available, a little bit of fit, a little bit of trying to figure it out. I think it makes sense. Maybe. Again, I could probably get him later. I could probably get him later. I'm just trying to look at how I project these guys out and where they sit. And Gobert came came right here. Giggity. And the pairing fits. Not confident with it, though. Nor am I with this one. Again, I don't like the middle, middle of the round. Five was Embiid. I'm going to put Bam with him. Bam! Let's get some bigs in here. I think one of the better strategies this year will probably be punting assists because assists tend to go off the board early. You can focus on getting bigs and then when people are chasing assists early, the bigs have all dried up later in the draft. That's sort of my reasoning behind it. You've got two elite bigs here. Bam's not a great shot blocker, but rebounds, his passing was good. He's improved his offensive aggression as well. You are probably punting threes and maybe assists with this pairing but get you two premium big men, especially if you're playing in a two-center league. Getting these two guys here, I think they can fit together, and then you can build some other guys out around them in later rounds. The next one. At four, we had Durant. And I think Cunningham. I think Cade fits in next. My name is Richie Cunningham. Again, like I said, Cade is risky. 
Cade's ADP on Fantrax is 45. It's 36 on Yahoo, and it's an insane 72 on ESPN. Insane. Like, you can... If you're playing on ESPN with a bunch of people who don't know their ass from their elbow, you can probably get Cade in round five. All right, and there you go. Thanks, you won the league. Well, congratulations. Well done. Um, but against people who know what they're doing, that's, that's not going to be the case. I like the value of his assists are good. I do think he's going to push into this area. You could probably wait and get him on the back, way back around in round three, but I'm just trying to give an illustration of where I see the value and how it fits together, but reminding that you lose it based on your draft room, based on your host sites, pre-rankings and ADPs to see whether he can slide through. At number three, it's James Harden, and I'm chucking him with Anthony Davis. I don't really see Harden as a massive injury risk. I do think the hamstring issue is fine. It's solved. I think he's okay. Davis, of course, just consistent lower body injuries. At some point, he will be healthy because he has been healthy. He has had multiple consecutive healthy seasons. And it's always some fluke bullshit with this guy. Um, I think at 22, though, the value there, and I could have easily paired him, say, with Embiid at pick number 20, but an Embiid-Davis combination makes me shit scared for health reasons. And some of that is bias based on what's happened in the past. And maybe it's not realistic moving forward. But I sort of avoided because of that. But I think Davis at 22. Yeah. All right. Now this next one here, I was going to do something and it would have been... And I said, look, you know, Cade's probably gone a little bit early. Gobert's probably gone a little bit early. I had Giannis at pick two. And I was going to say, you know what? Let's just go Zion at pick 23. But no one's going to take him there. In a points league, sure. But there's just a lot of risk. We didn't see Zion play at all last season. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to actually play quite a bit this season. But I don't think in any situation that he is going to go in round two. I don't think it's going to happen. So, and given you're picking at pick two and 23, and then again at 26, I reckon you can get Zion back at 26. And then I'd be okay with it, even if it still is a little bit higher than where his ADP sits. Where is Zion and the old mate's ADP? 42. 43, 29 across three different sites. So you can get him at 26, most likely, even though I think he'd be a good pairing here. So with Giannis, I'm going to throw DeMontis Sabonis there. Another big man, get my rebounds in, get some okay assists. I'm punting free throws with that. Don't worry about Sabonis having some struggles there. Good field goal percentage, really solidifying rebounds, good scoring. Not worried about threes too much. We're punting free throws and threes probably. And again, if we can back this up and get Zion in the next round, then our field goals and our points and our rebounds are really strong. We probably need to work on some blocks with a later pick. Maybe that ends up being Rob Williams or something. Or Jakob Pertl, who would fit this team really nicely. Or Clint Capella. Or Yusuf Nurkic. A few other options we could have to get our blocks back up. Although Nurkic blocked almost no shots at all last season. And then lastly, pick one was Jokic. Pick 24. I'm going to throw Freddles Van Vliet in there. I could have put Anthony Edwards in there. I'm not as convinced with him taking this gigantic leap forward. He could. I could have had Deshante Murray there. I think he does drop a little bit, but he, he would fit. Um, but I'm going to take Van Vliet. And remember, you get 24 and 25, so you could take um, Van, Van Vliet and those guys that I just mentioned, whose names have completely just escaped me, even though I just said them. You got Deshante Murray you could take there. Shea Gildas Alexander would be in the mix. Um, around this area as well. Pascal Siakam, Anthony Edwards, Bradley Beal. All of those guys could be in the mix here next to Nikola Jokic. I'm going to take Van Vliet. 
He they, they're both really low in blocks. Good steal numbers from Van Vliet. Jokic can deal with Van Vliet's poor field goal percentage and keep it strong. Right, yeah, pretty strong. Um, but again, there's numerous options you could go for here, and this really helps us get your assist numbers really strong after picking Jokic with pick one. But as I said, don't stress the pairings too much. Don't stress them. People put just too much hyper focus on it, and it really doesn't deserve that much of your attention. I don't think. All right, so what did you think? It's a hard show to do. There's a lot of uncertainty still. This will probably change over the course of the next couple of weeks as I, you know, as we get more information, as I make tweaks to things. But trying to weigh head-to-head value, roto value, points value for those leagues, catering to strengths, trying to look at potential of rest and missed games and how that all fits together. It's a tough challenge. And... I'm not just going by, this is consensus. This is ADP, so we pick them here. We're throwing a few little things in there because we know the players aren't going to finish in order of ADP. It just isn't going to happen. So follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the old Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. I'm sure there'll be some spicy ones. I look forward to reading them. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.